On today's show, we outline five important questions to ask your advisor about inflation and its impact on your retirement plan. Welcome in to Your Retirement Untangled with Andrew Nida and Mo Param. Welcome to Your Retirement Untangled. It's Andrew Nida here with Moise Param at Asset Management Group, where every single week we come to you guys talking truth about finance, truth about markets, truth about economy, and truth about your ability to be successful and stay successful on a financial plan going forward through these crazy times that we're living in. And of course, uh, on today's show, we got a lot of great content for you as we do every week. And, and we're going to start with a, you know, a very common and, and uh, relative topic. And that topic, as Mo mentioned, is a topic about inflation. And, you know, before we jump in, we've, we've had another uh, recent update from the feds here. And, you know, another conversation about interest rates going up again. Another 75 basis points. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, it, it obviously caught everybody's attention, as it always does. I don't, I don't know if we expected much different, uh, a different response from them uh, here at Asset Management Group. But, but I think the message was like, listen, hey, we're not close. We're not close at all. Yeah, we're not there. So, so we're going to keep pressing in and we're going to keep pushing rates up. And uh, there's still a lot of things in this economy that's fueling inflation. There's still a surge. Yeah, I don't think anyone really thought they were going to, re well, not raise interest rates and not even raise a 75 basis point. It's been, you know, discussion for the last few weeks. And, you know, we've talked about it before in our, on the radio show that, you know, in some aspects, until the pain is is real. And what I mean by that is, you know, it sounds like, you know, the, the feds want to see portfolios go down. They want to see, you know, unemployment go up. They want to see growth slow down. They really want to see, in my opinion, the living get so expensive that people really start to curb down their spending to bring down inflation. And unfortunately, that's, that's going to trickle down to, you know, the average person, their pocketbooks, their their wallets. And, you know, it's it's sad, but, you know, that seems to be the course that the uh, the feds are taking. Yeah. I mean, you know, if we if we just get real simple with it, the, the issue with inflation is uh, lies between uh, supply and demand. I mean, that's where it is, right? It, right. It's a pressure point between the two. And, um, you know, clearly it, the Fed's goal is not to fix supply. Their goal is to fix demand. And by demand, we're really talking about just everyday spenders, you and I and our listeners and our clients and family members, we're, we're the ones that control demand. And, uh, you know, obviously we've had the ability to press in for the majority of our listeners and of our clients over the past several years because the government's, you know, they've injected $7 trillion since the start of COVID and the pandemic into the economic system. And, and as a result, you know, they flooded the system with cash. And, and so people have made a good living. Corporations have made, you know, a significant amount. And, and a lot of this money is actually still out there. I read a recent uh, statistic that was talking about how corporations are sitting on an estimated uh, like $2.6 trillion on their balance sheets and consumers. Now this is nuts, but consumer saving over the past several years is equaling somewhere around 3 trillion. Mm. Uh, so you're looking at, uh, you know, a system that's been flooded and, and the money hasn't altogether been spent. You know, we, we've gotten the stimulus packages, we got the PP uh, loans there for the businesses. And, and so a lot of this money's there and, and it's driving spending. And until consumers are affected, um, meaning that, you know, their spending power has been ripped away, Mo, which is like you said, that's what the government is is really uh, attempting, or at least the feds are attempting to to uh, create is to reduce, settle, 
uh, or impact our ability to have confidence in spending money. And some of the things you mentioned, portfolios going down, you know, th there's, uh, there's nothing that kills spending as, uh, you know, than having less money, right? You have right. less money, you spend less money. And the other thing you mentioned that was so real was uh, unemployment rates going up. Well, you know, nothing's going to impact someone spending quicker than the loss of a job. Right. And so I think, you know, Powell made it very clear. He almost, you know, told everybody out there that said, Hey, if you're thinking at all that, that this thing is, uh, that we're ready to, to put a pause on increasing interest rates, basically you're an idiot. Think again. Yeah. Think again. <laughs> yeah. We're not doing it. I, I mean, I did see the unemployment today. Well, the, uh, was released at 3.7%. So it's, it's getting up there, you know, um, but it's nowhere near where I think the feds want it to be at. You know, I've heard talks about five, five and a quarter when it gets, you know, closer to that, to that point, then, you know, maybe they'll, you know, press the brakes on some on, on rising interest rates, but at 3.7%, again, um, it's nowhere near with it, what, what their target is. Yeah, no, not at all. And, and another thing that he mentioned that was probably, uh, you know, I don't know, clear, maybe shocking a little bit to me, uh, in the way that he said it was he would rather overshoot, mm -hmm. right. Uh, increasing rates in an attempt to cool down inflation, uh, then, then under, uh, you know, over this, uh, I, and for whatever reason, I, but my fear is, is obviously if he does overshoot, he also gave out his, uh, his tools on how he was going to fix it. And he basically said, look back to COVID. Right. And, and which is kind of weird because it's like, Hey, the, the problem that we're in right <laughs> now will be the same decision I make again. Right. You know, if in fact we overshoot this thing and, and create a, a real economic trial here in our country. So guys, listen, increasing interest rates is, um, it's affecting all of us. And, and more importantly, this whole topic of inflation and, and which is their attempt to get control over. But Mo, let's talk about inflation and life because that's what really matters right. to our clients. Yeah, I mean, a, a recent uh, survey from LendingTree uh, said that middle and high, high income people are really feeling the pinch when it comes to inflation. Let's check these numbers out. 63% of middle income earners and 49% of high income earners said they're living paycheck to paycheck. You know, that's up from 57% and 38% a, a year ago. So really... Um, you, you can see that the dollar, your dollar is being stretched every, every which way. And as you're and th this segment is to really press on your advisor to ask them, you know, one main, one main question, the top question is, you know, really, do I have a long-term financial plan? And do you have a long-term financial plan for me? Because it's not just about managing my assets, right? Which is what most advisors claim that they do, right? Wealth management, you know, taking a dollar and making it two. But really, when you look at a, a long-term retirement plan, you know, 20, 25, 30-year retirement plan, are you really factoring in inflation? And so, you know, things to consider about uh, when you think about your long-term financial plan is, do I have a way to chip away at debt? You know, do I have a debt repayment plan? Uh, are there ways that I can build up my savings? Can I fine tune my spending? All of these details plus more is really, you know, the intricate parts of a long-term financial plan and really ask your advisor, are they considering these areas within your financial plan? Well, I think, you know, a lot of people find themselves working with uh, investors that are focused on the statement, stay the course, stay the like course. that is the plan. You know, right. I mean, and you hear that so frequently. Matter of fact, I want to play a quick uh, radio clip here. Uh, this is going to be from NBC News senior business analyst Stephanie Rule, who says maybe nothing is the best course. Listen, when the market is bouncing around like this, I have two rules. Okay. Do not panic 
and stay the course. That's easier said than done. If you look your 401k accounts all day, every day, you're going to freak out and you're going to say, oh my gosh, I need to sell. But if you were to sell right now, mm -hmm. you're going to lock in your losses and also you're going to pay a fee. Remember, you have to have your 401k in for the long haul. Mm -hmm. If you take that money out early, you're going to pay a fee on mm -hmm. that. You want to look at this as a long-term investment. Markets are going to go up. They're going to go mm -hmm. down. Your retirement account should stick. Try to relax. Take a breath. Mm. What, what's your thoughts there, Mom? <laughs> yeah, I, I get it, right? I understand where she's coming from, right? If you, Especially if you're a long-term investor, staying the course in some aspects, right? You want to stay invested in the market um, because the, in most aspects, the market has built you the wealth where you are right now. So if you have faith in the markets, then, you know, you continue investing. But staying the course in some aspects... But I still think there should be some level of reallocation, diversification within your plan. You know, if you if you look at let's just say tech, big tech right now, uh, Nasdaq is down over thirty percent. And if you really scrub through it, some companies are down sixty, seventy percent. And in this environment right now, with high interest rates, high inflation, where you find growth may not be in certain sectors. So do you stay the course in one particular stock and, you know, if it's being beat down 60, 70, I mean, I saw one company down 90% for the year, you know, the idea that it may go back up to where it was before, it may not get there. So do you stay the course in a specific stock? No. But do you stay the course in investing? Do you stay the course in your investment strategy? Then yes, if you if you do have an actual ethos and strategy around investing, then yeah. Yeah, I think I think you're right. There has to be some fundamental rules around investing, and and the truth is is you you almost have to pre-plan for moments like these. You mm -hmm. know, in the way that we handle our clients here at Asset Management Group, you know, we're not. Um, Obviously, we can't predict the future, but what we do know is that these moments happen. Uh, we don't always know exactly how they happen or the cause and, and what creates these types of environments, you know, predetermined. But we do know that volatility uh, will happen not only this year in 2022, but it also happen in years to come. And so there's a part of the plan that we uh, create ahead of time in preparation for moments like these, especially for our retirees, you know, clients that are either approaching retirement over the next two or three years or clients that are already in retirement. And, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's very comforting to be here and, and to have the confidence to say that we don't have a single client, Mo, that is currently retired that we feel nervous about in handling the distribution phase of their life, the golden years of their life through the volatile season in which we're in. And, and, but that comes with pre-planning. And what she's saying is, and I agree with what you're saying, which is, hey, when markets are volatile, let's not be overreactive. And so, you know, what I would say is, is, is for all of our listeners out there, your goal is to have a plan and to have a plan that can navigate so that you can have confidence in the plan staying the course, maybe not the investments, but the plan and the strategy. And if you're not that person, then you're the one that needs to pick up the phone and call right now, Asset Management Group, through our show, Your Retirement Untangled. The number is 1-800-419-6164, 1-800-419-6164. When you call that number, you're going to get access to our calendar to schedule a phone call with Mo and I as we begin the process as a compliment for you being a listener to our show and a gift to you the Retirement Readiness Review. It will actually break down and give you a, a pulse check on all that you're doing to make sure that you actually do have a plan that can navigate these markets in the way that our clients do here. So coming up next, Mo, what do we got? Everyone makes mistakes, but making them in retirement can be costly and should be avoided. When we come back, five of the most common blunders people can make and we'll offer some suggestions as to how to avoid them. 
Welcome back to Your Retirement Untangled. Andrew and Mo here breaking down some of the challenges that we have seen people make this year, 2022, in their retirement plans. And of course, making sure that all of our listeners get the information so they can not make some of the mistakes that we've seen people make. You know, Mo, uh, there's there's really no hard and fast rules uh, on getting you know into retirement and staying retired. However, uh, there are some hard and fast mistakes that you, <laughs> you kind of want to stay away from through right. your golden years. And and of course, in years like this, where emotions are elevated, fear is elevated. Uh, we tend to make a lot of these mistakes. So let's break down a few of them. What do you got first? All right. The first mistake is thinking you can beat the market. And, and I think that is a, uh, especially while you're in retirement, that is something that you really have to be mindful of. You know, I'd say that, you know, as we, when we work with our clients and build plans for them, our ultimate goal is, you know, we're not going to, our goal isn't, we're going to beat the market. We're going to outperform the market in every part of your, of every part of your investment. That really hasn't been our, our, our claim to fame or even anything that we talk to our clients about. What we talk to them about is strategically positioning their assets to be in the best position when it comes to distribution, when it comes to different market cycles, when it comes to volatility. And so we have our clients' assets invested in a way that depending on um, what sector they're in, you know, if they're uh, balanced, if they're growth, if they're aggressive growth, if they're uh, you know, in the season of life where they're taking distributions, that their assets are well positioned to manage those uh, seasons of volatility. And so our, our goal isn't necessarily to outperform the market, right? Uh, there may be portions of your assets that that does outperform a, 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 specific, a specific index, but at the end of the day, it's to really position your assets accordingly to manage any type of seasons of volatility. Yeah, I think, I think you make a good point. It's not... Um... Our focus, well, first off, the, the question most people have to ask is even what market are we talking about, exactly. right? You know, because a lot of times that's an easy statement to make. Let's, you know, are you outperforming the market? And the market is such a generalized term. You know, are we talking a specific index, S&P 500, NASDAQ, Russell, Dow Jones, whatever? Are we talking about international, domestic, large cap, small cap, mid cap? I mean, there, there's so many different areas of this market. But to your point, I think I think another thing that that kind of comes to mind when we're talking about performance in relation to the market is, you know, a lot of people, they need some new ways of calculating math. You know, they need to know the difference between real rate and average rate of returns. They need to understand the truth that, hey, listen, you don't actually have to outperform the average rate of the overall equity market to outperform the equity market. Now you think, well, that's weird. Yeah, what do you mean by you that? Know, what, what, what exactly does that mean? <laughs> you know, you can actually have a, a similar average or even a less of an average of the overall S&P 500 and yet have more money. Now, that's that's incredible to even make that statement because it is it is a challenge. But it's the truth. Now, listen, I'm going to stop right here. We're just three minutes into the segment. <laughs> if you want to challenge me on that and you're concerned that that may not be true, pick up the phone and call. 1-800-419-6164. And we will walk you through on a Zoom call real quickly and show you exactly what we mean comparing real returns of the S&P 500 and show you how an average rate less than the S&P's average can still present you with greater wealth over time. Yeah. Um, so you're right. The goal isn't to just beat a general market. The goal is to be successful financially. Uh, the second one here is is keeping all your money in cash. You know, I got off the phone with a client here uh, recently, and you know, I, I would say that the majority of our clients, um, 
you know, I don't have a statistic for you guys, but I'm going to say the majority of all clients uh, have have been able to stay the course, do exactly what we say, guiding them through uh, through our communications with them throughout this year. And things have turned out extremely well. But of course, you know, you do have some clients where it's a team effort and their fear of the markets. They want to make decisions such as, hey, let's go all to cash. And and for most of those clients that have made that decision, it all it doesn't turn out well for them. Um, you know, I'm thinking of a lady back in uh, COVID who made a decision to go to cash at that point. She wanted to override, uh, override our, our guidance and recommendations, and that's totally fine. And so we, we did, and we're still sitting in that cash position since that moment. Um, and, and so when you go to cash, it's first off, you might as well throw any type of fundamentals out the, out the window. And you really put yourself in a position where you have to guess uh, really well, right. um, which proves uh, impossible for most investors. And that is, hey, when, when am I going to cash? Well, if you're going to cash right now, that's, that's uh, unnerving anyway with the amount of impact in the equity space that we've seen uh, and fixed income for that matter and commodities for that matter. Um, but then when do you get back into the market? How do you know? Are you going to be fooled? You know, there was a, a sequence in 2008 where we had one month in, in the middle of the uh, Great Recession where one month returned 18% positive returns. And, and if you read about that season, it'll, it'll talk about how many people were fooled in that moment that this must be the return of the, of the market out of this 2008 housing market bust. And then all of a sudden, we see a continued slide off. The majority of the loss in the S&P go through the summer of 2019. So putting your money in cash can be a challenge. Inflation is going to fight against you, and you don't want to be guessing. Yeah, we, we, we had that time of volatility again this year. Even in June, everyone's talking about the June lows, right? There were a point in June where the market hit its lowest point, and then it, it just kind of skyrocketed. Mm-hmm. And so was that the low? And then all of a sudden, those, those lows, are again, were tested again in September. Right. So again, so how many people were actually fooled in June thinking that, okay, we, we've hit the bottom. Let's go ahead and deploy some money back into the market just to turn around three months later. And here we are again. So October was a great month. October again. Was, was, another, a, was an amazing month. Uh, the Dow was the highest it was uh, since 1976, I believe. But here we are, beginning of September, uh, beginning of November. And, you know, the market hasn't looked that, that great this month so far. So, again, it, it's, it's, it's having the fundamentals, like you said before. You know, we talk about having money that's smart, safe, and smart risk. And, again, money that is smart, safe is a percentage of your assets that we all know for a fact is going to be shielded from market volatility, uh, accessible for seasons like this where money is – where, you are, where you're, you've given yourself permission now to navigate these markets mm-hmm. because you have that percentage of your assets that are completely shielded. Um, okay. So mistake number three, putting a little money in a lot of places. Okay. So what, what, what we've seen is when, you know, someone calls in, they bring their statements to the meeting and we see, you know, 25 different mutual funds, <laughs> or they have seven different accounts from seven different brokerage houses. And, you know, I'll ask them, okay, so what was your thought process behind opening up, you know, seven different accounts with different firms and all of these different mutual funds? Um, and it's the same thing, diversification. You know, I want to diversify. Well, you're holding some of the same funds in the same firms, um, some of the same objectives, right? Same type of growth stocks, same type of international stocks. And I, I get their idea behind it, right? Everyone talks about diversification, diversification. Diversification is real, I mean, but it's not about diversifying between different firms. 
Um, it's really having a diversification between different assets, asset classes, you know, stocks, bonds, uh, mutual funds, ETFs, real estate, right? Different type of asset classes, not necessarily different firms to, to diversify. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. And then, and then also, you know, I think when it comes to investing, our emotions just play such a major part. Of, of some of the decisions we make. And so a lot of people will say, well, this is an attempt to diversify. I'm going to use, you know, Edward Jones and Charles Schwab and Goldman and, and my bank at Chase, and I'm going to spread it out. But really, it's not about diversification. Really, it's just fear. You haven't found someone that you actually trust That's yet. Right. And, and, and I would highly recommend that, hey, if, if you can't trust one, then, then don't give them your money at all. You need to find a, a financial firm that you can actually trust. Now, here at Asset Management Group, uh, you know, we we help with diversifying management risk within it, within our own strategies here, meaning that, you know, there is no perfect way of managing money. Let's just throw that out there. OK, um, there is no. Uh, and if there was, you know, Mo and I would would go work for the firm that that consistently <laughs> produces better returns than everybody else. And, and our life would be easy. It doesn't exist. So there is some value in diversifying what we would call management risk which is who is actually controlling the recipe of how the investment strategy is being executed. And, and we do that in-house, meaning that all of our clients and their financial plans uh, have a variety of different financial teams, investment teams uh, here at Asset Management Group that represent some of the greatest investment firms around. You know, names that even our listeners and clients would know of, names like Vanguard, Fidelity, names like BlackRock, names like um, Morningstar. Morningstar, right, Clark Capital. And and so we, we build a plan, and what we're doing is actually finding who we think is some of the best investors to support a very specific strategy for that bucket of money. So we kind of handle that in-house. Um, so trusting us is really trusting a, a group of some of the best investment firms out there. Here at Asset Management Group, we talk about this retirement readiness review. Uh, Mo, tell our listeners what the retirement readiness review is and and why we offer it to to our listeners. So the the review is a way for us to look at your overall plan. We'll look at and uh, look at how Social Security, Medicare, taxes, uh, your distribution strategy. Um, do you have an income plan? Just really looking at all areas of your retirement and put together this comprehensive analysis, this comprehensive view for you to really understand how your retirement is going to look like on a financial picture. And then and then um, highlight areas that might need to be tweaked or highlight areas that you're doing great in or even highlight areas that, you know what, you haven't even addressed yet. So let's go ahead and take a look at it here. And it's a way for you to walk into retirement and as confident as you can be and, and, and for those who are already retired to feel confident that you can stay retired. And it's no cost, no obligation. Uh, it's a gift for listening, but it's a gift for only the next 10 calls the next top 10 callers, that's it. It's only offered to you. So if you're interested in the retirement readiness review, the number is 800-419-6164. Again, 800-419-6164 for the next 10 callers. Andrew, what do we have when we come back? You know, Q4MO, we're talking taxation. And what we have found this year for many of our clients that unfortunately lost a loved one is their impact with taxes and this whole thing called the SECURE Act. Let's uh, come back in this next segment and really break down some of the changes that have impacted these people with the SECURE Act.
Welcome back to Your Retirement Untangled. It's Andrew Nida here with Moise Param, Asset Management Group, bringing truth to you. We've talked about, you know, some of the recent uh, news that we have heard over the past week and a half or so uh, with another hike in interest rates, uh, projection on where we are economically, uh, and the reality that, hey, we're here in Q4 and we're going to ride this 2022 out, hopefully with better confidence on 2023, but it's not quite looking uh, like we would like it to look, to be honest with you, we may uh, find ourselves in a little bit of an elongated scenario where things just, you know, are a little dovish for, for quite some time. What we want to break down, though, in this segment, and we kind of gave you guys an indication is this whole Secure Act. And it's appropriate because, you know, we're here in Q4 and here in Q4 at Asset Management Group is like, uh, you know, Q1 for all of our CPA friends out there. Right. Yeah. Uh, what we're doing is breaking down tax planning and tax strategies for many of our clients. You know, most of our clients uh, fit the category of uh, accredited investor. And, and as a accredited investor, a big question that they have is this whole thing about taxation. And, and tax planning is, is one of our primary focuses here at the firm, making sure that uh, you're making the right decisions. You know, um, before we jump into the SECURE Act, I always like to hear Mo talk about this whole statement. <laughs> learned hand. Why don't you throw this out there real quick? <laughs> uh, learned hand. Uh, he was a, a federal judge, and he basically said there were two, basically two tax systems in America, one for the informed and one for the uninformed, and they're both legal. Basically saying, listen, everyone, uh, th the tax laws, the tax codes are here, and anyone can have access to them. Anyone can have access to reading them and understanding how it fits within your current plan. But the problem is the uninformed aren't reading them and aren't using them to their best ability. Now, some of these codes are eligible for business owners, right? You mentioned we have uh, most of our clients are accredited investors. So certain things don't fit everyone's specific situation. But if you understand how to navigate the tax codes for your own personal um, situation, then you become part of the informed group. And then you're using the informed uh, knowledge for your best uh, for your best tax situation. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, listen, the goal is to play the game. And, and oftentimes we just, you know, we walk around and are, and are thinking, hey, it, it's too complex. I don't want to do it. I don't want to pay attention to it. And, and it's and it, honestly, it, just to be straightforward, it's pretty foolish uh, because you're going to have to address it. We don't get the, the option or the freedom to bypass it. We have to play the game. Uh, it's just a matter of where we play it at, our home field or theirs. And so, you know, I'm just going to throw this out there real quick. If you are, you know, I'm going to say mid-50s or older. And, and you're sitting there with, with a half a million or so plus in retirement assets, monies that are in IRAs, then you ought to be the first person to pick up the phone and call if your advisor has not been talking about tax planning and tax strategies um, because you're missing it. Uh, an absolutely wholehearted believer of that. We, we break down these plans all the time. It's what we do in Q4 and it's, it's all we look at. And so I can promise you, you're missing out. You need to pick up the phone and call 1-800-419-6164. If you don't have a tax plan and you're sitting there with retirement assets in your fifties or older. Uh, now let's talk about this secure act. Uh, before we jump in, Let's talk about the way things used to be. You know, Mo, in, in years past, prior to the SECURE Act going into effect, January the 1st of 2020, um, there were some things that were available to an individual who inherited retirement accounts from a loved one that was non-spousal. And, and what that individual could do is execute what we call a stretch IRA. And basically, they could receive the money. 
uh, let's say they lost, a, you know, to give you an example, a, a grandmother, a grandfather, brother, sister, aunt, uncle, uh, you know, friend, neighbor, whoever, that's non-spouse. They receive the resource and the government basically, basically says, listen, from that account, you're going to have to make a distribution every single year. But we're not going to make you, we're going to let you make that distribution based off of your life expectancy and your age. And so the way that worked the majority of the time was an older individual passes away, a younger individual receives the money. And so because they are younger, they get the benefit of a longer life expectancy. And as a result, their distribution is simply smaller to keep it simple. Um, So the impact of taxation wasn't so bad, right? right? Because the forced distribution was little but. That got changed in year 2020. And so why don't you talk about some of the changes that the SECURE Act created? So so the SECURE Act essentially eliminated this idea of a stretch IRA. And so now if you you receive assets, qualified assets, you know, IRA, 401k, 403b, any type of pre-tax assets from a non-spouse, you no longer have... Uh, your entire lifetime to stretch uh, the, the RMDs, the distributions. Now you have 10 years to distribute the entire account. And one of the biggest issues with that is when you think about the age range of those who are actually inheriting non-spousal assets, you're probably talking someone in their mid-50s to six, early 60s, that range, mm-hmm. which coincides with their primary earning years. And so what the government knows is that here's a way for us to take and receive as much of the taxes as possible over a finite 10-year period, which coincides your highest earning uh, years. And so now you have literally 10 years to distribute these assets. Yeah. And I'm thinking that's exactly what the government's perspective is, is they see how much money is invested in these retirement seven, accounts. Was it seven trillion? Yeah. Seven plus trillion in, in investments. That basically is a bucket of money that the government hasn't taxed yet. So you better believe their eyes are on it. Right. And, and maybe their thought process is, is how do we maximize our revenue uh, through the transition of this wealth from one generation to the next? Well, it's very simple. You control when someone has to distribute and you do it at the most, uh, you know, not great time for them. Right. You do it right. the best for the IRS and not so good for, for everybody else. And so, like you said, most statistically, these people inherit the assets now. They've got 10 years to distribute, and they're oftentimes in the best earning years of their life and ever will be. And so it it does create a lot of impact. Now, what we have found here recently is we're breaking down these strategies and we're thinking, okay, for some clients, you know, it's it's it may be better to just do an even distribution over 10 years to try to liquidate it, reassess every year. Uh, For some clients, maybe they are closer to retirement. So it might be best to defer the first few years of distribution and then kick on the distribution year three, year four, year five. Um, But what we have found is that we have lost a lot of like tax strategies here. Mm -hmm. Okay. Because some of these, uh, you know, like I said, the government's playing the game. Some of these little rules that the government has put in place. uh, So let me, let's break down a few of these. Uh, Let's talk first and foremost about this, uh, you know, QCD. What are some things that clients used to be able to do or or individuals used to be able to do when they're forced to take a distribution? What was one option from a taxable perspective? Well, you can do a a qualified charitable distribution. So basically um, take the RMDs and basically get donated to charity. And you're you're allowed a hundred thousand dollars, I believe, annually as a as a maximum to do to do an art to do a qualified charitable distribution, um, but that doesn't that no long, that does not apply to an inherited IRA, right? So now you can't do that strategy, 
Um, so one, again, another loophole that the government understood was, wait a minute, we want to get our taxes. So the idea of, of forcing you to take these distributions means that we're going to eliminate the number of possibilities that you can use to, to avoid the taxes. Yeah. So they're saying, listen, you got to take it out in 10 years, but we're not going to mandate that you take it out year one. Right. So right. they're saying, hey, take it. The only real requirement is that in the 10th year, the account is zero. And so you're right. They kind of pigeonhole you. They, they put you in a corner and and you lose that flexibility. Now, that's not applicable to everybody, but it but for some people, you know, and we've already had it happen here at the firm where individual inherits a significant amount of, of IRA money and they want to be generous with a portion of it, you know, based off their beliefs or their their desires. They want to gift away. They can afford to gift away, but it but we can't really get any benefit through that process. And it's right. just it's a bit frustrating. You know, another thing here is you can't you can't convert these money. You cannot. So, so, and this is true for the other part of the Secure Act, which is them deferring your required minimum distribution for traditional RMDs, which is now at the age of 72. You don't have the ability to convert that amount, which means when the government says you have to take this distribution, whether it's 30,000, 75,000, 150,000, you have to take it. Then you can consider conversion on top of it, meaning that money cannot find itself in the Roth IRA, which would be a primary goal to get the majority of your resources into. You actually have to receive this thing as ordinary income. Um, so, you know, we're losing a lot of these different strategies that we would like to to put in place and we just can't. But uh, let's talk about maybe some a few solutions here. So one of the solutions I, I think about is you, you mentioned converting, right? So there's a season where con, uh, converting traditional IRAs or traditional uh, qualified accounts to Roth accounts, uh, again, playing the tax game on your on your home field really makes sense because we start to transition all of these qualified dollars to Roth dollars. And then we know that there aren't any RMDs for Roth accounts. So then all, any distributions that you take on your own will be tax free to you. And even the Roth IRA, if you do inherit it from or any Roth money that you inherit from a non from a non spouse, yes, you still have to make the distributions within ten years. But again, those distributions are still tax free. So again, um, putting some money away uh, into a into a Roth style of, of of investing, which again will be tax free to the uh, to the, the one who inherits it, is a great way for you to to pay the taxes understand that the person that you're leaving it behind won't have to worry about the tax consequences. Yeah. And, and I'm going to close it up real quick because we, we're not able to get through the full list of things that can help. But you're right. Some of those strategies would help. Charitable remainder trust, distributing assets through, a, through an additional trust. Um, there, there's a lot of, uh, there are some strategies that could be put in place, but more importantly, like you said, Mo, we as uh, individual investors need to be mindful about how we save and mindful about how we distribute from a taxable standpoint so that we're not just giving all these hard earned resources away. You've given enough away. Let's make sure that you and your family and the generations to follow can use your hard earned efforts for their family good. And I think that's the end goal from a generational legacy perspective. So listen, if you're out there and you're sitting there with retirement assets uh, north of 500,000 or more, and you're worried about the tax situation, 
Okay. Now I'm not saying we, we're, we're not willing to help you out if you have less, but from a taxable standpoint, you're worried about tax strategies. You need to pick up the phone and call. We will give you the retirement readiness review, which will start to detail the gaps in your tax plan. Pick up the phone and call right now. It's 1-800-419-6164. 1-800-419-6164. Mo, we've had a great show. What are we going to close it out with? Uh, we've had a busy week for listeners sending us questions. So we'll tackle as many as we can after this short break. Welcome back to Your Retirement Untangled. It's Andrew Knight and Luis Param here at Asset Management Group, making sure that you get the truth about finances, the truth about your investments, the truth about the markets and the economy to make sure that you are on the right path to being successful. You know, it's been a murky year. And uh, we broke down some of the recent news uh, that we got from the feds here over you know, a week and a half or, or so ago about a new increase in interest rates. And, and I think the message there, once again, was that, hey, listen, we're not done yet. We're not close to being finished. Uh, we have a process in place and we're willing to overshoot uh, if we have to. And, and that's kind of the direction that the feds are taking. And, and all of this matters. It matters to your success in your business. It matters to your success in your income. It matters to your success with your assets. All things that can impact your financial well-being are connected and interconnected to the economy. You don't have to be investing in the stock market to be impacted by the decisions that the feds are making. You just have to be living here, and you're going to be exposed to some of these elements. So we want to make sure that you're getting the truth and that you don't get caught into you know, some of the myths that are out there, such as, hey, we're close to the end, Right. Uh, we're close to the, you know, to having this whole thing behind us. The truth is, is you need to be mindful because we may have to navigate this thing for quite some time. Right. Uh, you know, Mo, you and I talk about pretty frequent, obviously, on, you know, where are we in the scheme of this bigger narrative and story? And, you know, it looks like we're uh, one full year in since the the start of the conversations of, of increasing interest rates and the Fed's decisions. This this first began last November, November of 2021. And, um, and we're not really that much far along. We've had a lot of things happen in 2022, but we're still, I say we, the government is still not seeing what they want to see. Uh, to to pull the trigger and to to put a halt and a stop on on some of the tools that they have available to them, and so you know we're we're sitting here November and and approaching the the last part of 2022, and it seems like we may find ourselves kind of rolling in with a similar uh, season of life in 2023 from an economic standpoint. So uh, we want everybody to be mindful of how they're handling their money, how they're handling their investment strategy. If you do not have a plan and you do not know exactly what your money is doing and how it's going to be affected by the economy and the markets and how that is going to affect your personal life, then by all means, we're throwing out an invitation. You got to pick up the phone and call. And okay? if you're, and if you work and if you're hiring and if you've hired an advisor and that advisor has not been talking to you about some of the strategies, some of the conversations we've been talking to you about, then I would say uh, pick up the phone and give us a call. You know, if your advisor isn't talking about inflation, is your, if your advisor is not talking to you about tax planning. That is a huge thing that you 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 have to be uh, aware of, especially in this season that we're in right now. If your if your advisor is not having uh, these conversations, not creating a tax plan for you, you, you got to give us a call. Well, and there's listen, there's there's a silver lining if we're optimistic in the outlook. There's always 
things that we can take advantage of. Right. And and you're right. If your advisor's not talking about tax strategies right now, Q4, here's the time. You know, the clock is ticking. And and there's a lot of things that can be done as a result of this volatility that we've experienced. So take advantage of it. Play the game. You talked about that in the last segment, Mo. It's time to play the game. Fight back against the IRS and make sure that you're making the right decisions from a taxable standpoint that's best for you right? Not best for everybody else. And so, uh, you know, just a word of caution, guys, if you need us, call us. That's what we're here for. But let's let's address some of these questions uh, that we received from our listeners. And uh, Mo, you want to start it out? Yeah. Yeah. Here we go. So uh, here's a question from Jenny from Montgomery. She says, my company matches my 401k contributions, but they only match it in the qualified portion, the pre-tax portion of my 401k. I'm funding the the Roth uh, side of my 401k. Should I still put money in as much as should I still put as much as I can in my 401k? Yeah, Jenny. So this is a good question, and it's a good question for everybody. So so check this out. Uh, we talk about taxes. What Jenny is questioning is how she should fund to create tax efficiency for her life later. Okay, meaning that guys, every time you put money back. You make a tax decision that will impact the situation in which you're in or find yourself in later in life. Um, Jenny, it sounds like you're funding the Roth portion of your 401k there through your work. And by doing so, all of that money, you have made the decision to pay the tax today because you believe that you would like to have all of that money to be tax free later. And that would be to the best of your benefit. Uh, now, the company is putting money in the qualified portion of your 401k. So they do segment and separate those two buckets of monies out. Uh, and there's nothing really you can do about that. You know, think about it this way. The company, as they make that matching contribution, what are they looking for? They are looking for the deduction. So they don't want they want to get the money off the books. And, and so they do so, get the deduction. But somebody's got to pay the tax. So, Jenny, we'll take the free money from the, the employer allow them to put it into the uh, qualified portion of your 401k, but then you continue to contribute the Roth. Now, the question is, is that the best way of saving for you? First and foremost, let's do whatever we can to get the match. The match is free money. We might as well get it. Nobody else is going to double your investment day one. Your 401k can do that. So we need to get the match. The the decision about putting it in the Roth is going to be related to a much bigger tax question uh, that's going to be justified by your entire tax strategy. Okay, uh, I would say that the majority of clients that that we work with, many of them make a great living. Many of them have plenty of assets. We find in general that a lot of these clients benefit from making contributions to their Roth IRA uh, or their Roth 401k. Um, doesn't mean you should do it. It just means that it works for a lot of people. So if you have questions further about that, definitely reach out. We'll look at your tax plan through that retirement readiness review and make sure that it makes sense for you. Now, Lillian out of Buckhead. Okay. All right, Mo. So Lillian says, I don't have a retirement plan through an employer. What's the best way I can save money and lower my taxes? Mm. Okay. Uh, so Lillian, um, your story is not that uncommon. You know, some employers don't, don't offer retirement plans. And so it's really up to you to create your own retirement plan. So one, one strategy you can consider is uh, opening up an IRA. 
and invest inside of the IRA. Now, if you're under the age of 50, you can put 6,000 into an IRA. And if you're over the age of 50, you can put 7,000 annually into an IRA. So if you put the money into an IRA, you're up, what you're doing is you can, if you fund it full at $6,000, you're lowering your taxable income by $6,000. And that's one way to, 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 to save for retirement on your own. Uh, if you're self if you're self-employed, there's other avenues that you can take to to create your own retirement plan. But I think an IRA is a is a great starting point to invest to start save to to lower your taxes and save for retirement. And I think you know the only other question for Lillian would be, do you need to lower your taxes? Yeah, you know. But uh, all right, all right. We've got Steve. Oh, Steve's in Cartersville. All right, hometown, hometown. Here we go, Steve. All right, Andrew. Steve says he's 65 and he'll be retiring early next year. He has about 150000 in his Roth IRA and somewhere around 450000 in his 401k. His question is, does it matter which one I start taking money out from first, or should I just take some from each account? Yeah, Steve in Cartersville. Well, listen, my first recommendation is start walking. 102 Bartow Street. We are right here. I <laughs> uh, would love to help you out. No. Um, yeah, th- the question, uh, it does matter. It absolutely matters. Not not real not altogether from uh from which uh registration of account. Should I take it from my 401k or my Roth? That does matter from a taxable standpoint. But another thing that you should consider is how those monies are invested in which one you want to take it from. Because clearly, if you're going into retirement, and and I'm just going to, you know, if, if it's early next year, we're talking, let's just say January 2023. Um, obviously, you don't want to be in a position where you're going to move into retirement in 2023. And the first thing you're going to do is just because it makes sense to take it out of your IRA, you're going to start selling some of your large cap equity stock to do so, right? Some of the stock that's been impacted the most through the volatility and the season in which we're in. So, Steve, what I would say is, is there's several things that go into impacting what account it needs to come from first. Uh, some, some, you know, kind of nuggets to think about being that you're 65 years old. Uh, number one, you don't have, uh, I'm assuming you probably don't have Social Security maybe yet since you're still working. And if that's the case, the question is, is are you going to defer or not? If you do defer, you're going to start the year out in 2023 in a beautiful tax position, assuming you don't have a pension. And of course, the spouse and things we would have to figure out as well. But you might be in a good position to take what income you might need and then convert on top of it, take advantage of a low uh, income and uh, taxable income environment for year 2023. Um you could, uh, you could, if you have some cash on hand, live off of some of the savings and just convert on the back end. So you do have, you do have several options there. I would say that your question is definitely a retirement planning question. So definitely get on the, get on the sidewalk, start walking man, right here behind the courthouse. But uh, listen, we, we, unfortunately it goes by so quick every single week and we're going to have to wrap it up already uh, here for the show. And we just want to put out a thanks uh, to all of you guys for uh, taking the time to be with us every single week, our dedicated listeners, and all of you guys that call every single week. You keep our calendars full. Uh, We love and enjoy the opportunity to help uh, in any way. And for those of you that do become clients along the way, it's always a joy and an honor uh, to be with you and to work for you. Uh, Just another week or so, week and a half away from Thanksgiving, holiday season is here. Guys, listen, it's a great time to plan. It's a great time to be mindful. Let's get ready, geared up for 2023. Get things in place. 
place. If you need anything, remember our phone number is 1-800-419-6164. We will be back next week. Take care. Be wise. Be safe. Investment advisory services offered through Asset Management Group, a registered investment advisor. Andrew Knight and Moise Peran provide general information, not individually targeted personalized advice, and are not liable for the usage of information discussed. Exposure to ideas and financial vehicles should not be considered investment advice or a recommendation to buy or sell any of these financial vehicles. This information should also not be considered tax or legal advice. Individuals should consult with a professional specializing in the fields of tax, legal accounting, or investments regarding the applicability of this information for their situation. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. Investments will fluctuate and when redeemed may be worth more or less than when originally invested. Any comments regarding safe and secure investments and guaranteed income streams refer only to fixed insurance products. They do not refer in any way to securities or investment advisory products. Fixed insurance and annuity product guarantees are subject to the claims paying ability of the issuing company or are offered through Asset Management Group. By contacting Asset Management Group, you may be provided information regarding the purchase of insurance products.